this is Jan Swift, and you're listening to Discover Lafayette, a podcast dedicated to the people and rich culture of Lafayette, the gateway to South Louisiana. Our taping is made possible with the support of Raider, a hands-on IT service provider that integrates all of your needs for advanced technical support, effective communication options, and cybersecurity. Raider's motto is, you just want it to work. We understand. Please visit RaiderSolutions.com for more information. The generosity of Oxner Lafayette General also makes this podcast possible. As Acadiana's largest regional health system, including two teaching hospitals and the region's only level two trauma center with more than 5,500 employees, Oxner Lafayette General strives to put patients first and make caring their top priority. In continuous efforts to reach more patients, Oxner Lafayette General provides services throughout Acadiana and facilitates telemedicine throughout the state, making healthcare more accessible for everyone. For more information, visit OxnerLG.org. Support for this podcast comes from HomeBank, helping the fixer-upper homeowner achieve their renovation dreams with HomeBank's one-time closed construction loan. Learn more at Home24Bank.com. HomeBank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Our guest today is Jacob Mouton, proprietor of Crawfish Jake's. Jacob has made a name for himself by offering high-quality prepared crawfish, crab, and shrimp for personal and corporate events, as well as orders available via drive through for pickup at their location at 106 Rose Lawn Boulevard. And to me, there's no better story than a young entrepreneur who I learned is 25 years old, who is hardworking, offering a service in high demand. Jacob Mouton, welcome to Discover Lafayette. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm looking forward to this. Me too. So thank you for reaching out. I know your family, Mark and Cecile Mouton, are your parents, and I met your older brother, Ben, from my, you know, my daughter. They went to St. Thomas More together. But you were out there kicking it with your crawfish business, right? I was. I realized that... Uh, as, like dad, the insurance thing wasn't for me, and like Ben, the the co- coaching oh. deal wasn't for me. So yeah. I figured at Southside High, at Southside, yes, ma'am. So I figured that I guess this would be my route. And yeah, it's been a good time. I've enjoyed a lot of it. So where did you graduate from high school? I graduated from St. Thomas More in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, then LSUE two years, and then UL, and yeah, did the deal and. You started this though while you were in college. Started as a freshman in college and. Working for yourself or for someone else? So I, uh, I was the only one of you know our friend group of eight that um, that went to stayed home and didn't go to LSU. So all my friends went to LSU and um, all believe it or not joined the same fraternity. And which uh, one was that? K A Cal Okay. Alpha. A and bunch of sedate young fellows. Correct. Right? Correct. Mm-hmm. A bunch of normal. You know, yeah, not rowdy. Not people. rowdy at all. And, uh, <laughs> and so. They had a crawfish boil or something, if I remember correctly, as a freshman, as a freshman class that they put on. And they called me and asked if I could supply the crawfish. And then it led to if, if I could come boil them or whatever. And I said, but yeah. But were you known for cooking? Not really. You know, but I had they done knew it. You they were... knew I could do it. And they knew uh, I was farming, working on the farm, doing I the see. whole deal. So they said, hey, you mind, you know, giving us a go? I said, yeah. And then they asked to come boil it. And so we went and did it. And the rest is history, I guess. That's where we started, and it's been a blast. You know, Were you self-taught on how to season? I was telling you before we started taping, some crawfish leaves you all salty, swollen fingers. I've had— You know, there's an art to this. I've had great um, 
teachers, I guess you'd say. You know, growing up down here, everybody's got their different ways. So you kind of pick and pull what you think mm-hmm. works and what you think doesn't. And you like them super spicy? I don't. I, I don't I'm, either. I, I don't want to be miserable while I eat crawfish. And to be honest, this time of year, I don't really care for them. But I'll sit down and eat, <laughs> you know, and um, you know, nah, everybody's different. You know, some mm-hmm. like them real hot, some like them pulled back. I'm, I'm kind of in the middle. Yeah. I'm not, not on either side. So word spread through the fraternities and other people that you could it did. throw a party for um, It did. It, it, it spread well. Um, we had a lot of stuff within the university, such as LSU, and then coming back home to UL, we, we did a lot of things. And it kind of took off from there, corporate balls and stuff like that. And You stayed in school. Stayed in school, did that, and kind of – it was a neat deal, you know, to, to have a – you know, you only from – March to June, mm-hmm. it was really your time to get after it, and you you made it happen then, and we still do. And you know, it's I, it, the catering side of it is what really right. interests me and, and got me into it. Right. Well, you made a comment that you were working the farm, so I'd like you to talk about your background with your family, your mom's family, Absolutely. and the farming, but also um, kind of what's involved. Like, how did you grow up with this? Absolutely. And, and- so I, uh, growing up, it was kind of funny. I was always big in and outdoors and hunting and fishing and whatever. So like the six, starting like the fifth or sixth grade, um, over Christmas break, I'm, I'd always go to the farm where my uncle and aunt, aunt Kathy and uncle Jimbo live. And where so is that? it's in Mowater, North of Crowley. Okay. Uh, real and small. And that's the area for tiny, a lot tiny. of us, right? Yeah, most of the crawfish in the world comes out of that, you know, 25 mile area. So we went over there, and they would send me. I said they'd send me. Mom and dad would ship me off for yep. Christmas Bye-bye. break. Yeah, the baby. Go I'll play. Let go go yeah. play over there. So I'd we go hunting, <laughs> and I'd live out there and for you know a week at a time during Christmas or whatever. And That's where your mom's from? My mom's from Rain, so okay. right yeah. down the road. Mm-hmm. So I'd go spend all my time out there hunting, doing whatever, and grew a huge liking to just being out there and staying busy. And so I, one day my uncle came in, and I was, I don't know, probably you know 12 or 13 and he said you know if you can always be out here you're gonna start working doing something i said yeah, yeah. so earn your keep yeah absolutely so his younger son patrick and i worked out there forever together and that's kind of where it all started mm-hmm. for me and it's just you know the farm side of it uh didn't really come you know i blinked and it was happening i didn't really plan on ever wanting to do that or wanting to mm-hmm. you know it just as I did it more and more, it just got more interesting, and I got more involved, and mm-hmm. it's turned into something I really enjoy now. Were you a sturdy kid? I was. I was. I mean I, that in a good way, like yeah. you're, you're muscular. Yeah, and I was, and, and it was, you know, I like to work. I grew up, like, you know, I grew up liking, to, maybe not to work as much as to be busy. Yeah. Um, anyone who knows my dad knows that that's just part of me you know that's I like what to, your dad was telling me i just yeah. like to pass time so it was a cool way to do it was your uncle a rice farmer also he is he was he is. is he still is jim hunley um h-u-n-d h-u-n-d-l-e-y okay um one of five brothers i believe all farmers well one of them is not a farmer all of them all the others have farming but it's a way of life for the family. it's a way of life and they grew up like that and um I thought it would be a cool way. Um, he's got three daughters and one son. Um, obviously, the daughters didn't form. His son, Patrick, actually lives here in town, works for a marketing firm, does a phenomenal job, mm-hmm. and uh, just never wanted to form. And so it's kind of neat for me to be able to keep it going, if you want to call that, or just you know see it, see it all unfold for them. And 
kind of carrying on as best I can. You are you know? a principal in their form now? I, I am. I'm, you know, there's always room for improvement. I'm always working to, you know, grow and hopefully one day take over. But, you know, we do a lot of the same things. We do a lot of work together. We mm-hmm. are um, moving up and there's, you know, a lot of talks of expansion in multiple different ways. So right. I, the future looks great, you know. Can you talk about rice farming and crawfish farming? Can you explain that? Absolutely. Uh, why that goes together? So it goes hand in hand. It didn't, crawfish really didn't come become a thing until, I mean, somebody's going to correct me, but the 80s, mid-80s, late 80s. Um, and it was really because the rice prices went down so bad. And You mean as even, far as a big market? Correct. Yeah, it I remember just, crawfish boils, but yeah. not it being a big industry. Correct. And, you know, you had them, and I, I wasn't around, obviously, but I hear people talk about, you know, we, we used to go catch them in the ditch and, you, you know, kill them. Yeah, you boil them. It was fun. Uh, but it wasn't like a, you know, a big deal. But the way it bounces off of each other is because it's a, you know, it's a, they go hand in hand, I guess you would say. So a farmer, for example, that farms a thousand acres of total farmland generally, uh, which is not the case a lot anymore, but generally would form 500 acres of crawfish and 500 acres of rice and would flip flop. So you rotate you where rotate. you um, um, seed. You rotate where you seed. And the way it works is whenever you go to cut the rice, um, when you flood it, after you cut it for crawfish, uh, it leaves a stalk about five to eight inches tall. And that's what the crawfish will eat on for the year. So they, but you seed crawfish we also? We do. So we seed at the end of the year. We seed in about May or June. And the stuff we're seeding is some rice that we're planting. We're actually planting rice this week. Um yeah, that we changed. I, I want to mention this. We were supposed to meet at one, and you were like, Miss Jan, the rain's coming in. Yeah, Can it's kind of, you know, and we kind of, you kind of hurry up to wait. In well, that the game. timing is critical, though. It is. And so we kind of, my uncle is a stickler about timing, and it pays yeah, off, you know. Good. So we, we kind of, you'll do a whole lot of sitting around part of the year, but when it's time to go, it's time to go. Right. So that was, that was one of the deals. But as far as seeding the crawfish, um, and yeah, where do they come from? They come from the ground. So what happens is, like in May, or you know, we'll start shutting it down around May. In May, what happens is um, the crawfish, when the water temperature heats up, the crawfish catch explodes. I mean, you'll catch a million of them, but the size isn't great. The size, you know, there's a whole lot of them, but the size is not there. So that's when we shut it down. And what happens is, we'll take about a week, <clears throat> and all the crawfish we catch will stock the rice. Um, and the way you stock it is at the time we're stocking the rice fields that we've planted, there's about six to seven inches of water on it. And you're dumping crawfish into there. And then what happens is you pull the water off of the rice. And when you pull it off, the crawfish actually bury into the ground. Oh, so they live? They live. Underground? They live underground. They bury themselves into the ground once they sell. They don't sell. need water? They do not. They There's, a, there's a water pan That's why down we there. Used and to the, call yeah, them mud it's mud bugs. bugs. And so what happens is when I they sense the water's getting pulled off, they'll actually bury themselves down. That's where the name came from. That's it. And they live, they kind of still live in the mud, even when there's water for them, Uh you know, up high. But so that's what happens is we pull the water off the crawfish berry, we cut the rice. And then after we cut the rice, we add the water and they throughout the year come out the ground Uh and reproduce. And so the reason to rotate the acreage, though, is to ensure that you get both good rice and good crawfish. Correct. And and what happens is, you know, like a lot of the guys, most crawfish farmers have those big, you've probably seen, but those giant wheels on the back of the boats. And it, um, a wheel, it, it, they run the same track every day. And so it 
kind of tears the land up. So it's good to pull the water off every year and give it, mm-hmm. you know, you can get into that field and fix the levees, fix the ruts, fix, you know, do a lot of yeah. different things. And it's good for the soil, you know, to kind of rejuvenate everything. And Did you study agriculture? I did. LSU. You did? Yes, ma'am. And I know we don't have an agriculture no program anymore. here. So you actually learned about farming. Yes, ma'am. <clears throat> Did you like it? I did, and I didn't think I would. I hated, yeah. I hated school, and but that know, gives you credibility. It was. It's, it's neat to, and, and look, I'm not nearly as qualified as you know a million other people there are to talk about this. And and the best way to learn, in well, my opinion, you got the experience. Though. Well, and experience is the best way to learn. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of guys who never went to school a day in their life and know twelve hundred times more than me. You know, because they've been around longer. Experience is everything. Oh yeah. yeah, experience is everything. So I think as time goes on, a lot of people learn, but. You know, that's the thing with crawfish is everybody want like this year has been a, for lack of a better term, a very poor year on the, on the growing side and everybody's pointing fingers. But if you talk to five different people, there's not a straight answer for any of it. Nobody knows. Is it the size or the number? The number. Size is great. Um, but they're num- expensive because of that? They're expensive. The price is staying high um, on the consumer side just because there's not a whole lot of them to go around. Right. Um, and that's, you know, that mm-hmm. can be. A burden for some people and it can make some people a lot of money and but you know everybody's mad because the price is staying so they look high. at you yeah and I, you're you know, making I'm, a killing i'm just kind of saying it's the same thing as like the well, gas you do have a nice truck <laughs> i do appreciate <laughs> your it I, I spend about 95 percent of my time in it so I, bet. I need an i need something to keep me going before we talk about crawfish jakes because i want you to get into the business and yeah what you're doing and the kind of stuff you do, you know, the events. I'd like to pause and listen back to a clip of an interview I did in 2019 with Mark Alamon, who I know that you've met. Absolutely. And Mark was the owner of Hook and Boil, which was a very well-respected crawfish restaurant. Absolutely. And he also sourced his crawfish from his family's farm. And in this little clip, Mark talks about the life of a crawfish, because I asked him, I thought it was a very sad life, (laughs) and how farmers rotate rice and crawfish in the field to assure an abundant crop. And I want to thank FACET, who makes this moment possible. FACET offers career transition services and executive coaching, and they've done so for 40 years. They're experienced career strategists provide targeted coaching for C-suite and key employees on critical improvement areas, in addition to new leader assimilation for all levels. Visit facetgroup.com for more information. We people your success. And now the moment. What is the life of a crawfish like? Like, it's kind of sad, huh? <laughs> I mean it. When I think about them looking up, how long do they live? Like, how, long, how old are crawfish um, when they're... I would, I would say 20 years, two years or so. They live that long? Um, yes, ma'am, because we, we see crawfish at the end of the season, uh-huh. um, right towards the tail end. And, uh, it's oh, my right, goodness. Uh, so in the, basically, uh, we do a two-year rotation mm-hmm. on our farm. And uh, the crawfish that we're, uh, or the land that we're forming right now, mm-hmm. um, next year, that'll be rice and vice versa. The, the rice that we have this year. Um, oh, I see. We flood in, in uh-huh. those fields, and next year uh, that'll be crawfish. It keeps them both abundant. Yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. It, uh, the rotation of crops it, it, it uh, enriches the soil, and right. it's just uh, complementary across the board. Welcome back to Discover Lafayette, and our guest is Jacob Mouton, proprietor of Crawfish Jakes. And I want to say before we get back into our conversation, you can hear Mark Alamon's 
interview as well as about 250 to 260 others at discoverlafayette.net. Please look at our website and check out all the people we've interviewed. So Jacob, you have bought property on Roselawn Boulevard at 106, and I see it every time I leave Asbury Church, Asbury United Methodist. So you're right by Johnston Street, really in the middle of uh, Lafayette. I am. I am. and that's just for, I guess, your drive-through. Like it is. Well, we we, we do some uh, we do some live sales out of there. Um, a little bit to the public and a little bit wholesaling out of there. Mainly, it's all uh, mm-hmm. our drive-through, our bald business. Um, it's been a great location so far. It's, I, you know, I I couldn't have imagined if I would have drawn this picture out, you know, ten years ago. I, that's where I wanted to be. And when well, the, you're only twenty five. So. Correct. And so, and, and growing up, who you does know, at fifteen? Exactly. Like my whole, you know, every all my little friend group growing up in high school and middle school lived. Yeah, right there. In that whole loop. So it was kind of cool to go back over there. And, yeah. and when I heard it was available, the guy I bought it from was super awesome dealing with, uh-huh. and it was a pretty cool transition to go into. Right. So let's talk about that first. So for people that are listening or like, you know, I might like to go pick up some crawfish, they can go to your website and it is... It is crawfishjakela.com. And you've got your menu We have the menu online. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can order ahead? You can order ahead. 450-9400 is the number. Um, You can order ahead. You can text ahead. We've had a lot of people do that. I saw you also said online that people can just drive up. You can just drive up. But it takes a while if you do that. Uh, It depends on the situation. We do appreciate call-ups, obviously, especially bigger orders. But we're not going to turn anybody Uh down, of course. You know, we're easy. So it's not just crawfish. Crawfish, shrimp, crabs, and that's, for now, that's it. That's all we do. And we sides. Just, and, and we do sides, uh, sausage, corn, potatoes, onions, yeah. and mushrooms. Where do you get the other seafood? So um, our crabs, or we do two different styles of crabs. We do Blue Point crabs, which are Louisiana-based, St. Mary Parish crabs. Um, and then the other one we do is actually a king crab. That's mm-hmm. a Alaskan-based crab that's actually come, we, we get it. You know, already frozen, and you know, mm-hmm. I'm not proud to say that, but but you have to get it. You got to get can. it somehow. Yeah. Our shrimp or delcom shrimp. Oh, um, so they're fresh. They are fresh, and they're awesome. Uh, when I opened this place, I thought it was a crawfish restaurant, and the shrimp have seemed to take off. Well, I mean, boiled? You don't fry. You we just don't boil. fry. No, oh. ma'am. No, ma'am. Everything we cook is kind of funny. I was telling somebody the other day. I think I'm the only restaurant in America that can cook everything in three boiling pots. Uh, and that's it. That's that's, it. that's perfect. It's, it's all like I need. raising I don't, canes. I don't, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't Why would a, you? S- venture out. I'm happy. I don't have a fryer, an oven, nothing. I just got three bowling pots and everything I need to cook and go in there. keeps the fire probability down. It does. <laughs> it does. Um, but yeah, so it's pretty neat. And uh-huh. like, you know, like I said, the, the, I thought it was a crawfish restaurant that's what I was opening and everything else seems to be a hit. So mm-hmm. we're, we're just not questioning anything. We're just happy where we're at. Well, when I looked on your Facebook page, I was looking for photos. Mm-hmm. I should have told you this. I kind of stalked you and Absolutely. wanted to see like the kind of things you did. And I saw your truck in front of the governor's mansion. When was that? Was that a few years back? <laughs> that or? was uh, two years ago. So, we, I mean, you've been doing well for yes, a while. Yes, ma'am. We've, our, our catering has been our biggest thing. Um, we actually got back. We were in South Carolina this past Saturday. Um doing a boil um we'll, for a wedding or for um a guy in town his children go to school at Wofford University so it was uh they missed their crawfish they missed it and so it was kind of a it was one of them was a senior one of them was a freshman and they wanted to invite all their friends so they called us 
Um, did you have to teach people how to peel, or do well, they, they kind of, do low country? Boils, it was right? they do, and that was a big That's thing different. they told me. Yeah. Uh, it's a different boil. I'll, well, we got there and we started boiling and everything, and I, it was me and two guys who have worked for me. They're two mm -hmm. of my best friends who have worked for me forever, and uh, one of them was missing, and so I'm walking around looking, can't find him. Well, he's in the middle of a pile of people showing. I mean, him. you got to show them. Yeah, it's not easy. And we we brought a lot more crawfish than we needed, and they we sold. I mean, they it, I say we sold. We, they ate everything, mm -hmm. um, which was kind of funny. It was kind of neat. Uh, but like I said, the catering's been great to us. We do man. Well, we we do Houston, Texas a lot. We do uh, Orange Beach a little bit. We go to kind of a few different things. Lafayette, obviously the most. Uh, but it's Lafayette based people. It's that Lafayette you know. based. Yes, uh -huh. man. We'll be in Washington in May. For what? Uh, we are doing. A boil for it's the U.S. Congress kind of a thank you party for some some people from Lafayette. Um, oh, so we we get to do that. There's a some guys out of West Virginia um, that we're I'm just talking to uh, coming up in April mm -hmm. that we'll be up doing. So we travel. You know that's that's fun. You know I'm not I'm not having to stay in Lafayette. I'm not having to stay at the yeah. farm. I'm not having to, That's you know, exciting. do it. It's fun. How do you transport, like, that? this got to be hundreds and hundreds of pounds. It's kind of a nightmare. Yeah, uh, to get it there where it's still it's um, It's, it's edible, interesting. Yeah, it's, it's safe. We, um, That's a long drive. It is. So, obviously, you know, refrigerated trucks and everything are involved. Um, the crawfish are alive. They're alive. Oh yeah. Uh -huh. Oh yeah. No, they're they're never dead. You you can tell. You can you tell, tell if, it, if they're dead as they uh, enter the truck. Do you tell them their fate? They well. They, once they get cold and they go dormant, <laughs> I think they know what's going on. Yep. Uh, Mom told me about this. <laughs> yeah, they read a book somewhere along the line about it. But the uh, life of a crawfish. But yeah, and I've had some guys. I've you know since I've started this whole catering deal, I've met a lot of people, and then since I started the restaurant, the drive-through mm -hmm. side, I've met. You know, I've had some great you know, Jeff, Frank Randall, Jim Goss, oh, and all those guys. Have, My neighbor's Jim. Oh, really? Oh, and I, I had love, Frank on the show. I love Jim. And They're both of those guys. good mentors. So Frank is actually the one who used to do this spoil in Washington. Yeah. And, uh, I, I got it. Yeah. He's, he's uh, they called me because, you know, I think we just, Frank and I had been kind of talking. And we, mm -hmm. we Frank, Mr. Frank and I talk a lot pretty much, you know, every day. And he's been awesome. Mr. Jim's been awesome. Just kind of in, you wow. know, this is how you do it. You know, this is the way we need to be doing it. So they're the best for mentoring. Huh? Uh, they, them too. That's what, that's what dad said. If you screw up, it's your fault because them too. They <laughs> will do anything to help you. They're all, those two guys have been, yeah. and I mean, there's a, the list is on Michael Hundley, my Jimbo's who I formed with his brother. They have Mo Crawfish and Mo Water, which is a, a phenomenal restaurant. Mm -hmm. And all through you know, when we were little and growing up, we'd always go work in the back. So, you know, a lot of credit goes to those guys. They for taught that. you how to estimate numbers. Like <laughs> they it, did. that's a big risk for you, right? They did. To and, over supply um, if you don't need correct. it. Correct. And yeah. and Michael, you know, we talk all the time. I was talking to him the other day, but we, I give a lot of the credit to him because working, just being around. You know, not even working, just seeing stuff, and mm -hmm. you know, you don't realize how much you retain until you're putting it down on paper and saying, Hey, you know, well, this is what they yeah. did. This is how we do it. So they've got a phenomenal business. Um, another you've learned from your own experience, absolutely. like and people eat more than they think they will. Correct. Right? And we always bring extra. Yeah. Um, you never want to be that guy who runs out oh, of food, God. especially when you're up. Yeah. You or know, anyway, you know, you want to start and you want to ensue a riot, you run out of food. That's my, my theory. You know, nobody yeah. cares if the, if the DJ don't show up, but if the food the runs out, somebody's going to get hurt. So <laughs> it's, uh, we've learned, you know, we've learned a lot. 
just uh-huh. in the little bit of time we've been around. Yeah. I mentioned to you that I'm friends with Seth Citron. Absolutely. And he's also been, like, I guess, what is it, on-site catering or something? Yeah, Seth's big. Seth's real big. Yeah, he's got great coffee too. And he probably doesn't know I'm doing this. I haven't <laughs> seen him in a while. But he would cater for Upper Lafayette. We did a yearly crawfish boil. And he got it down to where we just knew, let's just plan on 125 people. Because people do tend to show up for Correct. crawfish boils. But he would always spot me, and he'd say, I'm bringing extra. Always. And it never was extra. No. You know, we and, always and used you what kinda, he brought. You kind of get into a rhythm. He uh, knew, like you do, though, that this is what we need. Correct. And I trusted and you, him. I said, I'll pay yeah. for it. It's, it's going to be fine. You get into a rhythm, and you understand yeah. you know, what you need and what you don't need. and. Mm-hmm. Now the drive-through side of it, there's a learning curve there. We're, I bet. You know, we're still like um, crab and shrimp in particular. Correct. You know, and and it's all that kind of stuff. You know, the crawfish. You just kind of mm-hmm. on a Friday night when we open the doors, we just tell the guys in the back to start boiling. As far as crawfish, just start, and when we tell you to stop, stop. Uh, but with the shrimp, we cook everything to order and the crabs. Yeah. So it's kind of like you gotta find that medium, and so that's what mm-hmm. we're we're kind of figuring out on the fly. But you know, yeah. everything comes around. How many employees do you have? Depending on the weekend. So we've got at the drive through four every night. And then like this weekend, I'll have, I mean, we've got three catering jobs plus the drive through So we'll have 15, 16 people between all over Lafayette this weekend. So you Saturdays. You employ uh, college kids? Or? I do. I've got uh, two girls um, who work the drive through uh, They work the window. And then I've got, it's all college kids, some, you know, some guys that are younger than me, uh, make a little extra money at night. Uh, yeah. Three of my best friends come in, you know, nights we need them. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a family affair. We just kind of added from the catering and yeah. s- said, ask your friends if they want a job. And right. it worked out. What is crawfish costing right now? And how do you price it like per three or five pounds? Yeah, how do you so do that? The crawfish right now, the market is at $2 and 50 cents a pound, two fifty uh, for wholesale. Wholesale. Okay. Um, and the way we price it is, uh, we don't necessarily charge a premium for our crawfish, but we do have to take into effect, you know, all of our crawfish are washed 24 hours, no matter what they sit. If those crawfish are going to a catering job, if those crawfish are going to a, uh, the drive through, or if a buyer wants them washed, we have, uh, 28 baskets that can wash three sacks in each basket. Washed. So that means going into a basket a dump basket and they sit in there for 12 to 18 hours to take out impurities yes like, ma'am. What, like what kind of uh dirt mainly dirt oh, I see. uh just clean themselves mud, mud. Yeah. Uh-huh. you know they kind of get all the oh, stuff the nastiness out their body yeah. yeah so they but, all know at that point yeah once oh, they're getting clean over. they're getting yeah they're getting fixed up for Darn their last it. rod but uh i shouldn't kid like that <laughs> they're just so oh yeah they're so just, happy i know it um <laughs> but so we have to kind of take into effect that we you know we don't I'm I'm definitely not the most expensive in life yet, but I'm also not the cheapest. But you've because you've got employees, insurance, you've got correct, a node on correct. your place, I mean, and everything's everything's yeah. so much more expensive now. You know, and, and, and if you don't make a profit, you don't stay in business. Correct. And a lot of people want to point the fingers at the farmers, the growers, where it's not us. We're just not passing the cost on, but you know, we're having mm. to deal with five dollar fuel just like everybody else. We're I was having to deal about that. Yeah. So, you know, we, the same things you fight at the gas station, we're fighting on a, on a much greater scale. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, labor, the labor has increased over the last five years, you know, I think $4, $4.50 an hour. It's increased. I mean, that's, and look, we have no problem paying them, 
but it is it's an added, them, you though. know, it's keeping those guys. And we're not, we would never be able to find those guys mm-hmm. anywhere else to work like those guys work. So we're just kind of having to adjust to the times now, mm-hmm. which makes so it fun. The crawfish are good sized. They are. We're having a good year. We've had some good molts. Um, some, I say good molts, some well-timed molts um, coming into Holy Week. I wish the catch numbers were better. Oh, but I do. I'm happy, very satisfied with the size. I'm very satisfied with the way they're moving. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's selling them. I think it's because there's not enough on the market right now. Yeah. But they're moving great. We're not sitting on anything. Because um, I'm thinking people probably are ready now to start really having parties. Right? I think so, and, and I think we're done with the cold. You know, we get these mm-hmm. random cold fronts, and that it not only does it hurt the crawfishing, but it hurts. You know, nobody wants to get out their house, do a crawfish ball. Nobody wants to do anything like that. So you kind of once you break that out the window, uh-huh. you're kind of getting into a groove and hopefully right. the, the catch will pick up. So seven or eight years in business, you have really, I mean, this is like getting an MBA. It is a, 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 a Cajun MBA, I guess is what we would no, call but it. But I mean, what better calling would you want? You know, that, that's why I enjoy it. I, I've mm-hmm. learned to take the good with the bad, but just have fun. Yeah. And I've had a blast doing it. I can't complain. Right. You well, I have, I have a couple other questions for you, but I do want to send people again. Your website is? It's crawfishjakela.com. And then you've got a good Facebook We've page. We've got a, a, a great Facebook page. No, none of it is run by me. Let me know, <laughs> let me put that out there. Um, Instagram, yeah. Facebook, uh, Crawfish Jake on, on both of those. and uh, You have specials sometimes? We do. Wednesday night is usually our special night. Um, and what do you offer? We we usually offer, you know, depending on the price of crawfish, we'll lower the price a good bit. Oh. You know, and shrimp too. Crawfish and shrimp are usually the deal of the night is mm-hmm. Wednesday night. Um, and then we'll usually do something on Fridays, you know, whatever it may be. It changes every Friday. We kind of try and keep everybody interested. Right. And keep people excited yeah. about it. Yeah, I love the story. And what I really love is that you're not just only, you know, you finished college, you've been working hard, but you've also had some other things. Your dad told me that, you know, I hate when you, I'm sure you hate this. Oh, yeah. But you're Coast Guard certified for boating and and commercial endeavors. So (laughs) you've always got something going on the side, right? I do. The whole reason I I wanted to form or wanted to do the crawfish deal was because I, this is the most unbelievably, uh, irresponsible thing I can tell you, but I wanted to hunt duck hunt more than anything in college and in high school. And so I figured out that if I were to do this catering deal and farm that from December to, or November to January, I would, we weren't doing anything on the farm. I'd I go hunting. Yeah. So that kind of fizzled out, uh, you know, once you got to grow up and get the adult life going on. But, um, I did, I went all through high school in the summers. Cause you know, when we shut down for crawfish in May or June, I would go, I would move to Grand Isle. I say move. I would go work in Grand Isle. Um, fishing, fishing. That's what I loved to do growing up. And so I said, if I could, you know, just kind of mm-hmm. make a little living. So I did that and deckhanded for three years, just in the summertime for a couple months and really enjoyed it. Got my captain's license. Um, is that where you met Jim Gosson? It is not. Okay. I was just curious. But it, of the he does have a camp down there. Now he I think did. about it. He did. Yeah. Storm. Yeah. Um, got my captain's license three years ago. Got my Coast Guard license. And I actually started working for a company at a Baton, a construction company at a Baton Rouge, um, running their boat for them in the summer and taking care of it. And It all works out? It does. It, it, we have a lot of glitches in April. Uh, oh, because the they're wanting to fish and yeah. kind of so it's kind of I've got a million things going on with the farm and da, da, mm-hmm. da. 
But the people I work for um, are the coolest, nicest people yeah. in the world. They're super understanding. They let me kind of mm-hmm. have fun. So so you can always maintain that license if, if absolutely. you want. Absolutely. If- and it's a neat way. I, I learned that it's a, you know, I, I found in life that serving people is what makes me happy. So mm-hmm. bringing them fishing, bringing them hunting, serving right. them crawfish, whatever it is, is fun to right. me. Now, I want your professional advice um, as a proprietor of Crawfish Jakes. Absolutely. Your thoughts on crawfish gloves, <laughs> which I had never heard of until I was doing the Upper Lafayette Crawfish Ball. Yeah, it's... Um, they're, they're also known as surgical gloves. Like. <laughs> <laughs> it's... Uh, we we carry them at the, all the catering jobs. We bring them because, believe do it or not... women like them? Like, they, they do. do their nails? I don't do my nails. So they do. Yeah. And, and people who wear contacts like them. I've right. learned that. I don't wear contacts. I don't I, either. I'm not a contacker, but... Uh, you can just go wash it off. Correct. You but, still have to be careful. I mean, I know the guys that who boil, and even me, like, if you're boiling all night and you're dealing with seasoning for a long... I mean, you that that stuff doesn't just come off your hands. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got... The, the, I'm with the glove. I love the glove idea. I think it's a pain when they tear... Uh, and all of my employees are maybe listening to this hollering because we don't have the right size gloves for the employees and they break on their um, hands. So. Do you need like larger? Um, yeah, that we uh, Amazon mix up and everybody's hollering about it at the drive. They're all, all of my guys. So are they called crawfish gloves? We just call them surgical gloves. Uh-huh. That's what I call them. I've always called them that. Um, I had never heard of that. And people are very they either like them or oh, they're yeah, like they, no no anti right. They hate it. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of funny because you know you kind of get both sides of the story on it. But right. Do you find that most women um, are ready to dig into the crawfish like the guys are? Have you witnessed it's, this? It's like two different extremes. Like, you know, they either, there's people who are throwing elbows. I've seen, <laughs> you know, and shouldering people to get to the front of the line. And then there's some people who kind of hang out in the back. Uh, I, I don't know of, uh, you know, I, and I think they all, everybody enjoys them. You know, they all eat them. But mm-hmm. uh, there's two, I guess there's two different styles to it. There's the, you know. A little bit of both. Yeah, and I forgot to ask you if there's a sauce that you offer to your crawfish. We do. You dip we do. Them. We offer a sauce um, that is actually made in rain. Okay. Uh, off of Highway 35 Parish makes it, and um, it comes with the orders. It does. All the orders are one corn and one potato and a sauce. And uh, I had never been in the sauce. We would always order it by the gallon for catering, mm-hmm. and then put it into the cups. So now we're getting it actually packaged and processed into nice. a cup with the yeah. with the full lid. And that's better with the COVID. It's stuff. better with COVID. Yeah. It's better for us. It's better for the girls not having to sit there and do it. So mm-hmm. it's and it's great. It's you know the consistency stays the same. It's always good. You know mm-hmm. you're not having to worry about getting it from you so and so. They always have it. So it's right. nice. Well, anything you've learned from being in business, any advice? I didn't tell you I'd ask you this, but you're so young, and I'm sure you've learned a lot. You know, I, any advice for people that yeah, want to I mean, start it, their own business? The advice I could give them would just be uh, really just to go for it. You know, mm-hmm. I've, uh, I, I was scared to do it. I didn't want to do it. Um, I wanted to do it, but I didn't want to do it at the same time. And I was lucky to have enough people in my, you know, my between dad and yeah, he knows business. Yeah, and yeah. and you know, he was really the one that he's re, he's the only reason the the name is Crawfish Jake is actually for catering. Um, when I went to him to start it as a freshman, I had I, was, I don't have any money. I want to do this, but I don't have any money. And he said he made a deal. He said I'll give you the money, but I'm naming it. And I was like here, you know, here we go. And so the business-minded individual he is, you know, he said, you need something that's going to stick and people are going to remember. And for the first five years, I hated it. I hate my name being on stuff. you don't go by Jake. I don't. Well, it's not even that. I just, my name being on it and then, you know, it, but it worked. And he, Mm -hmm. 
naturally, if you know him, he'll take all the credit for it, which great. But uh, he didn't even tell me that. Oh yeah, it's all him. Uh-huh. But uh, but yeah, I would say just to go for it. You know, if you if you enjoy something and you think you can make a living doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that age, you really didn't have anything to lose. I didn't have anything to lose, and I really didn't have a plan. That was the best part. That's what I told my mom the other day. I said I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have a plan. I didn't know. I didn't. I wasn't dead set on doing anything. So I figured I'd try it all. And if one of them stuck, one of them stuck. If I can share with you, Jacob, I've interviewed some other young men and women such as you, and it seems like the ones that have been very successful didn't really have a plan. And without fail, they all said, we really didn't know enough to be scared. Correct. Yeah. Too, and then you get in and you're too like, stupid oh, to boy. know better. That's yeah. like me. I don't and know I, about stupid, but just you yeah, don't know. You just, yeah. And that's, I know my mom's rosary got worn out for about four years. Um but <laughs> you know, I, I just kept, yeah, I just kept telling. Them, I was like, I'm gonna figure it out. You know, yeah. by at some point, I'll, you know, I'll get it going. And you know, it took a while and took a little while to get everything kind of the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I was happy. You know, when you could sit back and look on it and say, you know, right. where we're at, great. You know, I'm happy where I'm at. You have any thoughts about future uh, growth plan? We do. Um, always expansion. Um, we we are looking um towards some stuff in lafayette some some more wholesaling mm-hmm. on the farm side uh i don't know if the the sit down restaurant is in my future i just that's uh, a big jump it is and yeah. it's and the way the drive through is is it's kind of still a it's it's a restaurant but it's not a restaurant you know so i like i really really enjoy that i love catering i love the farm side mm-hmm. of it um i really think that if we can get the wholesale side into Lafayette and, and get a store, a bigger storefront, you mm-hmm. know, to sell live crawfish, that would, that, that's mm-hmm. going to be great. So that's our, our expansion goal for the next couple of years. Right. I tell Frank Randall at his retirement, you know, there was a little party for him and I said, you know, I wish we had a Joe Patty's locally. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like people like you and him and others could Absolutely. even do a co-op and we could walk through and get fresh seafood like they do in Pensacola it's it, just unbeatable and it does and we've talked a lot about it and, and Frank is jump too. it is and Frank if anybody can tell you about seafood or making the jump between Frank and Jim you mm-hmm. know those two guys are the that's seafood in Lafayette that's yeah. what I, you know well I hope you all have some conversations oh, maybe, yeah. maybe that's in your future absolutely so. absolutely and those two guys are awesome they are. And so are you. I've, oh, I've enjoyed this. I appreciate it. God, Jacob Mouton, proprietor of Crawfish Jake's, located the drive through at 106 Roselawn Boulevard or online at Crawfish Jake's. Um, best wishes. Thank you so on much. On continued growth and success. And I do, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more great things Thank about you. your I career. I appreciate having me on. And, and Oh, it's my pleasure. I've enjoyed it. My pleasure. I'd like to thank our sponsors, too, who make this podcast possible. It allows me to share Jacob's story and many others. I'd like to thank Oxner, Lafayette General, Home Bank, Facet Group, and Raider, and in particular, Jason Sikora, who mixes our tape and makes it all possible. And I want to thank our listeners for their loyal support. If you haven't subscribed yet, I'm going to get Jacob to do this. Please get your podcast app and subscribe to Discover Lafayette. We release one to two new podcasts a week, and we have over 250 wonderful stories of local people that make a difference. Thank you for listening. On behalf of Discover Lafayette, This is Jan Swift.